0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the prophet Speak. Today we are studying the prophet Jeremiah Yirmiyahu, chapter 20. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast, and uh, we just completed chapter 19, and we read about the prophecy of the broken bottle, where Yirmiyahu smashed a bottle in front of um, a crowd of People in the valley of Ben hinom and predicted that just like this bottle will be destroyed, so the people, if they don't change their ways, will be destroyed. And then he came back to the gates of Jerusalem and preached again that God was going to bring destruction upon Jerusalem. So the bottom line is that Irmio continues to be a... what is perceived to be by the people as a troublemaker. Everything seems fine. The world is moving along just fine as far as they're concerned. And uh, the false prophets are reassuring everyone, don't worry, just keep bringing your sacrifices, doing your services in the temple. Nothing bad is going to happen. everything's going to be cool. And um, this man near Miyohu here, who's uh, screaming and yelling, is a troublemaker and just causing trouble. And every time... I pointed out in the last chapter that every time there's some sort of a sign that Mio says that he's going to do, it doesn't seem like a very impressive sign. Taking a bottle and smashing it, wearing a belt and letting it get spoiled and rotten and moldy. Uh, there's no there's no big miracles. Nothing. He's not doing anything to prove to them that he's for real. They're waiting for a big sign and that sign doesn't come. So... The persecution against Hiram Yeho from the people, especially the leaders of the people, is going to take a turn for the worse. As we read the first verse in chapter 20, Vayishma Pashhor ben Imer HaKohain. Another Kohen, another priest, whose name was Pashhor, the son of Imer. Pakid Nagid Beveit Adonai. He was the chief officer in the house of God, he was in charge of the priests. He heard of this prophecy that Jeremiah had made. Whether or not he went was one that went down to the valley, or he heard it in the gates of Jerusalem, is irrelevant. But he heard about Jeremiah's prophecy. At Yirmiyahu Niba at Tadvarimailah. He heard that Jeremiah um, uh, he heard Jeremiah saying these prophecies of doom. And he understood that this was ruining the morale of the people. This was, um, uh, you know, Pashchur, as we'll see soon, was one of those that was reassuring everyone, just keep, keep bringing your sacrifices to the temple. You don't need to change your ways. You don't need to be better. You don't need to do better. Go ahead and continue the lives the way you have been, and everything will be fine. He was one of those that was saying that. So, Yirmiyo was a lot of trouble for him. So, vayake Pashchur. Pashhor then struck, he, meaning he flogged, whipped at Hanovi, Jeremiah the prophet, and he placed him within the Maha The Maha is generally understood to be a uh, stocks or the stockade, you know, where there's uh, uh, two boards and a hole in the middle, and, and the person's head and arms are put through the hole and they're uh, secured there and they can't move. Um, uh, extremely uncomfortable position, obviously, and extremely humiliating. And, and so he, as a punishment, after he was whipped, he was put in the stocks, Asher b'shar b'shar the ones that were located in the gates of Benjamin Ha'eli, on the upper gates, Asher adonai, which was in the house of God. So in the temple courtyard, in the gate of Benjamin, there was a stockade, and Yermion Yer, Yer was placed there. by Maharas, And it came the next day, <clears throat> at And Pashchor took him out of the stocks and released him. Presumably he figured that whipping him and putting him overnight in the stocks would be enough to quiet him down and stop him from saying this message. love your miyo, but Jeremiah said to him, God has not or uh, named you Pashhur. Rather, magor misaviv. God has named you Magor Misaviv. In other words, you have a name Pashchor that might have been given you to, by your parents, but that's not the name that God is calling you. God is calling you something else. He's calling you Magor Misaviv. Now the name Pashchor, the word Pash is like from the word Omed Lafush, to rest. khor is, 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 is a language of freedom. So Pashchor would be a uh, rest in freedom, or freedom, uh, uh, rest free, or rest safely, or rest quietly. So his name was a name of peace, and that was his actual name. It was a nice name. However, Jeremiah tells him that you are not... And, and he indeed was walking around telling the people, Shalom, don't worry, there will be peace, everything will be fine. But Jeremiah tells him, no, your real name is Magor Misaviv. Magor Misaviv means... Um, uh, Someone around whom is a, who is surrounded by terror. Magor, terror is always surrounding this person. Because so says God, the prophet continues to tell Pashhor, I am going to make you as a source of terror. Instead of being a source of peace for people, people are going to look at you and scream and shriek in horror. Not only will you be that way, but so will all of those that are um, your family, all of those that are your friends. And they will all fall at the swords of their enemies. And your eyes will see the destruction of your family and your friends. And of all Judah falling to the sword. I'm, I'm sorry. Judah and the rest of of Judah, attain biad bavel, I'm going to place in the hands of the king of Babylon, and they will all be exiled to Babylon, and he will also strike them by sword. So some, many people will die in the fighting, and the rest will be taken into exile in Babylon. et kolchos and I will place all of the wealth of the city and all of the um, possessions that she worked for, Kara and all of the beautiful value that she has, and all of the treasures, of the kings of Judah that they had, that they had accumulated over all of these generations, Attain I will place them in the hands of their enemies, and they will steal them, take them, ulikachum, and they will take them and bring them all the way back to babylon. The Otsroth, the storehouses of the kings of Yehudah, If we recall back in the book of, of, of Isaiah, when King Hezekiah showed off to the um, and bragged to the uh, messengers of the king of Babylon and showed off his treasures, and at the time Isaiah prophesied and said, because you showed off and you were arrogant. And, and showed off your wealth as if it was yours, this wealth will one day be carried off to Babylon. This is Jeremiah repeating that same prophecy. And he continues and directs his words to Pashkur himself. and you Pashchor, and all of those that live in your house, telchu you're not going to die, but you will be taken captive, u'bavel tavo, and you will end up going all the way to Babylon, and you will live out the rest of your life, in Babylon, away from your country and your homeland, that's where you will die, there. that's where you will be buried. And that, you and all of your friends and family, all of those people that you gave false prophecies to and claimed that everything was going to be fine and that the people didn't need to change and nothing needed to be done, all of you will go to exile there. Now after Jeremiah says this and after having experienced this, this horrific experience of being flogged in public, being locked in the stockade overnight and knowing that the people wanted to kill him and knowing that everyone was against him and no one was listening to him, Jeremiah now turns towards God and he says, God, you have seduced me and I have become seduced. This is the language of, of pitui, of mifateh, the same language that's used when someone seduces, and it has a sexual connotation, of, of a woman who was seduced into doing something that she ended up regretting, and she did not want to do, and she now regrets and says that I have been seduced. Yumiyo is looking towards God and saying, God, you convinced me, you got me into this mess, and I let you get away with it. Chazaktani, <laughs> v'atuchol. You have um, become more, you are stronger than me. And you were able, this is a reference back in chapter one when your Mio said, God, I'm just a young boy. I don't have, the, how could I do this? Don't send me all this message. And God, you said, No, you'll do it. You beat me. You convinced me. You got me into this mess. And now, where am I? I am someone who everyone is constantly, all day, people just making fun of me. egli. Everyone is constantly poking fun, jeering at me, laughing at me. This is what I have become. This is me now. God, you got me here. You convinced me, and look at where I am. This is verse eight. Every single time I even begin to speak, I have to cry out. What do I have to cry out? I have to cry out the message you tell me, the message you put in my heart, which is, Khamas This is full of violence and injustice. Ekra. That's all I call out. I'm constantly yelling at everyone. There's violence. There's injustice. But now, this, this, the word of God has become to me a source of shame, a source of disgrace, a source of constant... Um, hatred and and contempt this is what happened to me so i told myself i'm not going to say it anymore i'm done all it does is bring me trouble no longer will i speak in god's name and but the problem is i can't stop myself these words are in my heart like a burning flame it is it is closed up within my bones. It's in my deepest depths of my heart, soul, and body. I am exhausted from trying to hold back. It is too hard for me to keep from doing it. Kalkel uh, is to withstand, to hold back. I'm exhausted from trying to hold these words back. I need to tell the people this message. The truth is in his heart. He knows that the people need to change, he knows that destruction is coming. So as as a human being he has to speak he has to speak but but I don't want to speak because all it does whenever I speak is bring more shame upon myself bring more suffering bring more torture velo call and I could I'm just too exhausted and I just can't stop myself from telling the people this message that I have to tell them and I've heard and all I do I hear I hear the dibatra bim the words that people are speaking about me in the streets I hear all these words around me as, um, as a Magar Mitzvahiv, this is the same term as he, he said that when he, to Pashchor, he said, you are, your real name is Magar Mitzvahiv, a person who is surrounded by terror. Now I am this Magar Mitzvahiv, I am surrounded by terror. That's one way of understanding this. Magor misaviv. I hear people talking to me and around me. I have become a source of terror. Everyone looks at me, and every that's all I am is just talking about terror, talking about evil, talking about bad, and everything just constantly causing suffering. Another way to understand this, the Malbim actually understands that this is a reference to Paschur, and this is his actual name. Then you would read this verse differently. You would say Kishamati di bas rabim magor misaviv. I have heard the words that the people are saying, which are the words of Magor Misaviv, the person who I named, terror surrounds him, because all of those people, him in charge of them, are saying terrible things about me. A third way to understand this is, um, is Magor Misaviv. Uh, uh, I have heard the words, um, um kishamati uh, rabim. i've heard the words of all these people Magar saviv which causes all of this terror around that surrounds me hagidu what are these people saying i'm continuing in the middle of verse 10 what are they saying all the time they are saying let us let us uh, uh, uh talk about him vinagidenu and maybe maybe we will um be able uh, you know and, and let us inform about him, let us talk about him. Let us say, you know let's say bad things about him, call Lomi. all of those people who used to be my friends who I thought were my friends, Shomereid Sal. those are all now waiting for me to stumble waiting for me to trip. Ulayu Futeh. they're hoping that maybe we can convince him Viuchlolo and then we'll be able to, to conquer him, to beat him. What does this mean that maybe we will convince him? There's two ways of understanding this. One way the Radhaq says, what they're saying is, maybe if we keep talking about him and we keep saying bad things, maybe we'll convince him to join us and stop this nonsense. And if he joins us, then we can beat him. Because then we don't have to worry about listening to anymore. Another way of understanding is, like the Radhaq says, maybe we'll convince him to join us and then we can feed him some poison. And then we can take revenge against him because he's driving us so crazy. Another way of understanding this, Rabbi Yosef Kara uh, 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 explains this by saying maybe we can entrap him into saying something if we keep on bothering him maybe we can entrap him into saying something that, that would be considered treasonous and then we can hand him over to the king and have him killed and get rid of him. So he continues to speak Fa osi And God, um, to me, you are here you have the 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 prophet goes back and forth between this terrible feeling of despair, this complaining to God about the suffering that he's going through. And then he says, but God, you are to me like a powerful, strong, mighty warrior. Another way of understanding this is, God, you have made me like a powerful warrior. So either he is saying that this is how he, God appears to him, or that God has given him the strength to be a powerful warrior. al Kane therefore, wrote, Fai Ye kashlu. May my, this could be looked at as a prayer or looked at as him speaking the future. Those that are chasing after me will trip, will stumble, and they will not be able to overtake me because I know you, gotta have promised me that you're going to stand by by me. kilo I know they will be embarrassed for they will not be successful. With the type of embarrassment and shame that they're going to experience is one that will last forever and it will never be forgotten in history. Hence, we are reading about it today. And God, the Lord of hosts, he is just and he knows. He knows. Bochein uh, um, uh, he, could mean to test, meaning that he understands and knows the inner souls of the righteous. Or Bochein could be God tests the righteous. And I know that I am righteous. I know that I am with God, the Yerim was saying, right? And He is the one who's testing me. He sees in my insides. He knows my thoughts. He knows what's in my heart. And therefore, I know that I will see my revenge against these people. Because I have given my argument over to you. I am not taking, trying to take revenge myself, but rather I am giving that and over to you, God. I'm asking you, God, to take the revenge for me. I am not fighting back physically myself. He then turns in verse 13 to the people that surround him, the few faithful that actually did follow Yirmiyahu, and says, Shiru Adonai, Sing to God. Hallelujah, Adonai. Praise God. Why? nefesh miyad Because he has saved the soul of the poor one from the hands of those that are doing evil to him. Now this could be a reference to the fact that he was released from the stockade, so at least momentarily he was saved, he's still alive, he's still moving, he he wasn't left there to die. This also could be a vision of the future where he's feeling confident, knowing that God will be with him, and he's saying, sing to God because I am confident, because I know that this will happen in the future. Ultimately, this justice will come. Um, Or it could be, that what he's saying here is that, um, uh, um, you know, I, I know that I'm suffering, but God, you saved me from being one of those bad people. Even though I'm suffering, and even though I've been ashamed, and even though I've been tortured, even though I've been locked up, however, I'm still happier being on the side of good, than being among the mirayim, being among the evil. I'd still rather be suffering here and be on the right side than be having everything okay and be there with the bad guys, with the evil ones. Now mio goes, as the moods go up and down and up and down, we find this bouncing back and forth so much in this chapter. In the next few verses, mio becomes bitter again. And he looks at his lot and looks what he had just went through. And he looks down the pipe and he sees, he knows God's gonna give him a mission again soon. He's gonna to have to go out again and preach this message of doom again, and he's not gonna convince the people, and he's gonna suffer again and even more. And now he sees and he feels like this is all futile. And he says, Orur Hayom, cursed is the day I share you Tibo, the day that I was born. Yom asher I share you lodatni the day upon which my mother gave birth to me, Aliyih Baruch, should not be a blessed day. My birthday was not a happy day. It was better that I not be born, Ish, and curses that man, Asher B'sarat Avi, who came to my father and said the news, Yulad Ben You've had a young, uh, a male child, You've had a boy, Tis and he gave me. My father was so happy when he heard that I was born, that a son is born. Cursed is that man that brought the news. Now, why is it that you're cursing the man that brought the news? What did he do wrong? All he did was bring the news. So there's several traditions. The simple understanding is that obviously he doesn't mean to curse the man. He's just obviously in an extremely distraught and upset mood at this time. However, um, there's several traditions. The Radak brings the rabbinic tradition that the man who brought the news was Pashhur, was the guy who stuck him in the stockade. He was the one that brought the news, and therefore Jeremiah is cursing him, because uh, he was an evil man. Um, uh, there's no clear reference to that in the, in the um, text, but, but uh, that is just a tradition. Another tradition that is brought is brought by the Malbim, And that is, is that is that there is a tradition that Menashe, who was an evil king, who was the king at the time that Yemriyahu was born as a baby, Menasha did not want any more... He, had a, he knew that this boy that was going to be born was going to be a holy man and a prophet, and Menasha, being evil, did not want the prophet to be born. <laughs> and he hired a man to... to uh, um, he appointed a man to give the mother an abortive fashion to cause her to abort the baby so he's not born. And the man didn't do it, and when the, instead the man brought the news of the birth of a healthy boy. This is just another tradition, a Madrashic tradition. But, um, but then he's saying, cursed is that man, not that he's cursing the man that he did something wrong, but cursed is he, because that man was cursed, because Menashe ended up executing him for not fulfilling his mission. Now, um, I know that sounds a little dramatic, and it's certainly not in the text, but it's just another way of trying to understand why Jeremiah would curse the man who brought the news. And that man who brought the news should be just like the cities that God overturned and destroyed. And God uh, uh, never changed his mind. He went unrelenting. Uh, destruction he placed upon those evil cities. This is kind of reminiscent of a little bit of Sodom and Gomorrah that were overturned with unrelenting might. And that he should hear screaming in the morning, and sounds of noise and battle baits in the afternoon, because uh, usually wars are fought during the daytime, not in the nighttime. So, so that person, that that brought the news of my birth should just suffer because my birth was not something to be happy about. That, that why did he, and he here would mean God, why didn't he just let me die in my mother's womb and be a miscarriage? Let my mother's body be where I get buried and my life end. And my her, my mother's womb could be the place where I ended my entire life. This is just saying that here I am in this horrific situation that who would ever want to be in this situation? It would have been better had I not been born. Why is it that I was even born? Why did I leave my mother's my mother's uh, womb? Just so that I should see suffering and misery, just so that I should see um, this uh, uh, torture. And My days should end in shame and embarrassment. And ridicule, is this why I was born? Uh, I know I'm sorry that this chapter ends on such an awful and sad note, but this is the end of chapter 20. Thank you for studying chapter 20 with me. Looking forward to studying Jeremiah 21 together as well.